are going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. Tonight, we're putting on our, our boogie shoes. Oh, yeah. It's time. It's been so long since we've been out boogieing. It's been too long for me. <laughs> Need some more boogie nights. Yeah. And this is... I guess the capstone or the final final of our Paul Thomas Anderson series. I think so. We we couldn't get enough with just all of us picking one. Um, we had to watch the fifth one. We had to watch at least as like, I would say this is his second most popular probably movie. If not his most popular, like Boogie Nights, There Will Be Blood, right? Those are like the two big ones. Yeah, that was the impression I got. Although I'll be honest, I didn't really know this one like, or had heard of this one really like, I don't know, until we started doing this series somehow. But my wife knew all about it, so... Oh, nice. I'd, like, heard the name, but yeah, I had no idea what it was about or anything like that. I was very unexpected on where this took. Like, the name's Boogie Nights. I was thinking, hmm, some disco stuff. And there is disco, but it's also about, like, <laughs> completely about porn, sex, and rock and roll in the 70s. Just gonna get that out <laughs> right away. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was about disco, too. And much to my surprise, it, yeah, definitely not. We're going to do some uh, like non-spoiler overview talk about it here. And then we're going to let you know when we hit the spoilers. And we're going to break it down into some categories. But if you guys remember the new format, whoever picked it has to go first. But I think we all picked it, so <laughs> who wants to go first? I'll just read the IMDb one. If that, if does that work? Sure. We'll see if we agree or not. Uh, here we go. Back when sex was safe, pleasure was a business, and business was booming, an idealistic porn producer aspires to elevate his craft to the an art when he discovers a hot young talent. That works for me. <laughs> That's an okay description. That's about the best way to do it, I'd say, in a few sentences. There's a lot in this movie. It's crazy to me. This is so early in his career. You know, like everything else that we've seen of his after, like, kind of still sticks to this format. Yeah, the style was strong with this one right from the beginning. It was like, dang, this is <laughs> very impressive. Lots of like really cool long shots. The 70s vibe hits like right away. The, you know, the lights, the neon lights. It looks so cool. Yeah, I agree. And that soundtrack. Ooh, I've been listening to it last few days. Yeah, I agree. We've always talked about how he does such a great job transporting you to the story he's going to tell, like the setting. It was like... A tier again on this one. I was digging all that 70s vibe and even the 80s at the the end of it. It was sweet. Man, I think in terms of period piece, like, you know, the aesthetic and the vibe, I think this was my favorite out of the ones we've seen in that regard. This was like a window into the 70s, I felt like. I think I agree. Yeah, I think it is my favorite. It's definitely up there with There Will Be Blood for sure. I'd say it's just as good as that one is at doing that. But you got so much more like stuff to deal with, with people and cars and all that thing, all that compared to There Will Be Blood. So that's true. It's a lot of stuff going on in this one, for sure. Lots of people. Yeah, like the club scene, there's like thousands of extras just sitting in the club dancing and chatting. It's crazy. And it's all in one take as it like flies around between conversations. That was sweet. And the fashion, I was digging it. Give me some 70s fashion any day. That stuff looks sweet. Especially Buck as the uh, the 70s urban cowboy. The cowboy? <laughs> oh, yeah. I loved it. If we ever go back to the 70s, I'm getting tassels like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be the cowboy? Yeah, I'll do it. I will say what I forgot about this movie is that Mark Wahlberg's like the main guy. I, I kind of forgot about that. And, you know, nowadays I feel like he's kind of, I don't know, if this is on the decline is the right word or something, but he's not quite like a hot commodity. Like people seem to like him, but I haven't really seen him in anything really great in a long time. The big thing I saw him in, I think, was like Transformers 4 or 5 or something like that. Ooh. Oh, and, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't bring it up don't say that that's just not, mean not the greatest uh not the greatest movie at least i think he was okay in it but he's yeah this is like a totally not another level i feel like from what i'm used to seeing him in though i think he does really good as this guy I agree i was curious how good he'd be but 
he was he, he impressed me in this one he was pretty good i don't like mark Wahlberg very much as an actor i don't, I don't know it's something it's like what tv used to be with matt damon <laughs> it's, it's something like that too but i mean he's he's a bit of a jerk too so in real life so that's not helping him either but you know he did he did good in this he did good i do think he's outshined by most of the other cast though but you know he did he did what he had to do pretty well i'd say he had a couple moments that won me over i agree with you tv i think he did awesome he's like at the start of this he's supposed to be playing like a 17 year old but i think he's like 20 in his upper 20s when he filmed this oh really wow or at least mid-20s um but i mean i think he pulled it off great i was really impressed with his performance and really everybody's performance in this was top notch which is part of the course for paul movies that i've seen so far he is like amazing at getting great performances out of his actors like i liked scotty as well philip seymour hoffman I've never seen him do anything like that. Each movie, he's been so different. And I'm like, dude, this guy's amazing. That was definitely something different for him. He's such a good yeller. He always gets a yell in. And he was so soft-spoken this time, so meek. Yeah, he did good, like Burt Reynolds. Oh, my God, Burt. I didn't know that was him until the end when I saw the credits. I was like, what? You didn't know that was Burt Reynolds? No. <laughs> oh, he did the chuckle. I didn't realize it first, and then he did the chuckle, and I was like, wait a minute. Is that Burt? <laughs> and how'd you not recognize him? He looks just like, <laughs> like I, Burt I, I don't know Burt Reynolds that much. <laughs> I've got to say, I've, I probably haven't. I don't, I mean, I haven't even seen any movies this guy has been in. I don't what? know. What? You've seen Burt Reynolds movies. <laughs> Good Lord. I don't know if I have. We're going to sit down sometime. Jeez. That man is like one of the, mm, one of the greats. Oh, he was in Robot Chicken. I probably saw that episode, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> he's not a guy I'm familiar with, but yeah, he's awesome in this movie. He's really good. Yeah, I hadn't seen like old Bert, you know? I've seen him young. He was good. He fit that character really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was awesome. So good. So charming, you know? Yeah, he's very... Very convincing when he's trying to get people to join his 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 club or not his club, you know, his industry. I guess is the right term. Very suave. Yeah, I guess the main question about this movie in my head is just like, is it my favorite or not? Because I don't know. It's up there. I really really liked it, but I'm still trying to decide if it is. Is it, I mean, yeah, it was great. But what's it between? Probably that or a Punch Drunk Love for me. But I don't know. I mean, all of the movies we've seen, I've liked, you know, and. Some better, more than others, but yeah, I mean, it's just been hard to decide when all his movies have been pretty good, like for me. So it's just like, man, <laughs> they, I guess they could probably, they'll probably just fluctuate uh, depending on how I'm feeling, but I was just really impressed. Yeah. I mean, it's like a pretty long movie too, and I didn't really feel it too much either. I completely agree. This one, I liked it a lot. And I can't tell you exactly why, because like the subject matter is something that I probably wouldn't like a movie about, but it like works. It's interesting, yeah. It's yeah, because I mean, the porn industry is weird. That's like, why would you make a movie about that? But I mean, hey, why not? If you're gonna make it like this, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's like very character driven, and all the characters are super well developed and interesting, and they get put in like constantly interesting situations throughout the movie. So I don't know. Like I enjoyed it quite a bit too. I think I will like there will be blood just a bit better, uh, but I don't know. Maybe if I watch this one again, it might change. I I like There Will Be Blood the best still, but this would be my second favorite after after that one. I think the 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 last part kind of falls off a bit compared to the rest of it, but we can get into that later. I would agree with that, Dan. I think I yeah I think I can say in a non spoiler capacity that I did love this one. But I just I don't know I didn't feel quite as engaged I guess or invested as the last couple. I guess like maybe just like the stakes were lower and it was more coherent, maybe. I don't know. It was pretty chill, like pretty, pretty tame compared to what we've seen and still about the porn industry somehow. I can see that. Yeah, it's, it, it's like we talked about a lot how like his movies have all been kind of about like a certain character, you know, and it kind of like just following them in the day in the life kind of thing. And this is kind of like that, but I feel like it's more about like 
yeah, just a group of people. It's like an ensemble rather than just like one person. It's, it's about the industry, I guess, almost even rather than like one particular person. It's also a, a coming of age story for old Dirk Diggler. And it's a dysfunctional family story too at the heart of it, which I think those two things are what is like the magic behind making this story work is he plays it up as a dysfunctional family story of a bunch of people who are outcast by society for what they choose to do. And so you just want to see him succeed because of it. Yeah, that's true. I I read, I think in the trivia that Paul did actually say that's kind of what this is about and the theme he was trying to get across. So that people find family in like different ways and it's still like important to him. They did that well and I think like all the minor like layers in this as well, like about the industry, how bad it was, about drugs, about, you know, Dirk Diggler's power trip once he got a little bit of fame. It it handles all that stuff super well and there's so much there. Funnily enough, I think this movie has the most like traditional movie themes and values in it out of all of them that we've watched so far but it's about it's about the porn industry (laughs) oh yeah i think this one could almost be like a mainstream comedy drama if it (laughs) wasn't for the dicey subject matter yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was really really funny but i think a lot of that comes from the subject matter too (laughs) yeah yeah. just just the fact what we're watching is yeah so like ridiculous but the way they like handle it it's like so nonchalant almost you know it's kind of funny in that way where everybody's just like hmm yeah all right you know setting stuff up and you're just like wow this is so crazy and then like the acting of you know the porn actors it's not as good as you know it's the the stereotypical they're just all not very good actors for the most part so it's funny just watching them film the scenes because it's like oh geez (laughs) these guys are trying but it's not as good as they want it to be if mark Wahlberg did anything super well i feel like it was that his like early shoots were cracking me up he really pulls off the what i want to say the like nervous first time at a job type of thing you know, when he starts out, it's like, I just want to do good and and impress everybody. Yeah, he seems like such like, a, yeah, he's just a nice kid, you know, in the movie. And he's just, yeah, in the but he's like, yeah, talking about like porn stuff and like asking like the women how they, you know, want to have sex and stuff like that. But he's just like such a polite, like, yeah, it's like oh, how do you want to do it? Oh, OK. You know, and he's like, <laughs> you just tell me what, you know, it's like, wow, what a nice guy. <laughs> But it's yeah. like the situation is just so funny. It's you don't you never I've never really seen anything quite like that. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Well, I guess we'll be ready to hit the spoiler wall. Has anybody got spoilers we want to talk about? I think I'm ready. I don't know. I think we general vibes out there. I think we all liked it, it sounds like. Yep. Sounds good, but we're gonna do the deep dive now. So spoiler warning from here on out. We're gonna Break it down into a story and acting discussion, and then followed by visuals and audio. But I feel like it might get jumbled up in this one a little bit, at least for me. So, oh yeah, we'll just we'll just let them fly. It's fine. We're gonna gonna penetrate to the very core of this one. <laughs> We're going deep. We'll enter swiftly into the spoiler section with passion, right? Yes. They want passion. They want passion. But hey, you watch it, TV. Don't come on too strong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let me do my thing, man. <laughs> yeah, what is your thing? Come on, show us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, allow me to show you like we see at the very end of the movie, finally, what what old Dirk's packing. Because in the whole movie, they're, hy- they're hyping up uh, Dirk Diggler's, his piece, the whole time. His Diggler. Yeah, the Diggler itself, and they're like, like nobody has seen anything quite like it, and you know he's like proficient. Like the movie makes a point of it being like, like everybody's given one thing, and Dirk Diggler, his thing was just being like really good at sex and having just a a really impressive Diggler, as we're calling it, I guess. Um, (laughs) And then yeah, finally we never get to see it in the whole movie. We get like bulges and stuff, but we never really get to see it. And then at the very end, it's like just (laughs) glory. It's that like, was oh so funny. God. Yeah, I did not think they would do it. 
I did not. And it's like so casual. Yeah, because like, wait, what? <laughs> They're just going to show us it like this? Like, <laughs> he's got to pump himself up. Yeah, that's, it was funny. Like, it's just, yeah, just kind of like, all right, fine, here you go. And it's like, oh, cool, okay, thanks, I guess. <laughs> I'm I'm mixed about that. I was going to bring that up, but I guess we're getting to it first. Um, I kind of wish they didn't show it there at the end, because it's just such a blatant, like, okay, here you go, like you said, TV. It's just like right there, I'm like, mm, I kind of wish they didn't, but yeah, Apparently that was a prosthetic and Mark Wahlberg still has it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But he said it's like been degrading slowly because of the rubber or something it's made from. But yeah, it does have like a, it's like almost like a mystical presence in the movie. I feel yeah. like it's almost like a, an ancient like talisman that people are like, oh, <laughs> can I see it? That's impressive. You know, I've heard, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it's and then yeah they do kind of just like well here it is flop it out and oh well it's kind of, I think it's kind of funny in that way that it's just such like no like yeah it's kind of I guess like is it like, the audience's reward for <laughs> watching I don't know it's just so weird I felt like it was kind of part of that tie-in that commentary on the industry like they hyped it up for so long and then we saw it and I was like oh. Yep, I, I guess yeah. that's it. Sure <laughs> enough. <laughs> what they said, I guess. Yep. <laughs> they didn't lie. I don't know, but I, I guess I wasn't like knocked over because it had been mystified, as you said, TV, for so long. Yeah, they, well, they build up to it, I guess, kind of for the whole movie in a, in a way. Like it's a it's a subtone and theme, but it is there throughout for the story. I mean, when you tell people about this movie, like I was just talking to uh, some friends before we got on. They're like, what movie did you watch? And I was like, Boogie Nights. And they were like, what's it about? And I was like, a dude with a really big, uh, you know what? And they're like, really? Does <laughs> Did you like it? And I was like, yes, it was very yeah. good. <laughs> it was really <laughs> good. <laughs> it, I don't know how to explain this movie to people if you haven't seen it. This is one of the few that I've encountered that... Um, because it, it completely sounds like it should not be good just from when telling people about it. But it is good. It's very good. It's the whole stigma. And that's like part of the point of the movie, too. Yeah. 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 It's like almost like uh, if you yeah, someone's like, oh, you watched Boogie Nights. What is it? And I was like, I'd just be like, eh, just go watch it. You know, like, and I feel like the more I tried to sell somebody on it, like the the less they'd be interested. <laughs> yeah. Like, eh, sounds maybe the yeah, deeper well. the hole is you're you're digging. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it is. It's impressive. And I think you're on to something, Dan. I think that's kind of the point. Yeah. It's like, why are these people like so ostracized? It's kind of sad that these people can't like do anything once once they're done with porn you know it's like oh well now they're just ostracized because they did it you know they did that even though it's a thing that is obviously very popular you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you, you get that really um really hard <laughs> in the scene where um julianne moore's going to like uh get her kid back or whatever in the courtroom scene i mean kind of rightfully so there I think because she was basically just getting high all the time at that point. Um, but yeah, you can see they were kind of pushing back on him and especially the dude trying to get the loan. Yeah. That's the main one. He's like the guy who didn't, he didn't do anything like as far as we know, I mean, horribly like, you know, like, cause yeah, like you said, uh, what's her name? Amber, I think is her character's name. Amber, like, you know, she's kind of, she's doing Coke all the time. She's always partying and stuff. So it's like, okay, you know, I could see why they could, paying that but don Cheadle's character buck he's like a seems like a pretty stand-up dude you know he's not he's doing his best he's done everything right like he said you know but the bank's like nah we can't be associated with you and it's kind of sad yeah like it's it's a complex issue i guess yeah you know some people you know i guess it works out better for some people than others like maybe you shouldn't <laughs> have like a baby a little a toddler running around you know the poor man's playboy mansion but at the same time, you shouldn't be denied a loan for like a business unrelated. I mean, I guess it is also kind of a commentary on how the industry itself kind of like isn't that, I mean, you know, it, it, they're kind of a family, but they are a dysfunctional family. And it kind of is like um, encouraging poor behavior just by like the people that are around and stuff like that as well. So, you know, there there are some downsides to it, too. But I think that's kind of like even just like most show business, you know, not just 
porn. So I think you could draw a lot of comparisons to this one and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, kind of with that dysfunctional enabling sort of thing. Mm, yeah. Kind of a similar theme there with the industry, yeah, in general, Hollywood and movies. Yeah, it is impressive, I think, like the. The family dynamic and how you're, I, I can't remember, was it Dan, you said that, yeah, they, they want you to root for these people. Like, and you do, because it's like, they, they want to like strive for something greater. And I found myself, yeah, when they started making those like spy movies or whatever, the spies, <laughs> like, I, I, I guess they're still porn technically, but you know, they're, they'd like taken it to the next level, kind of what they'd always wanted to do. And I was like, this is great. You know, they're actually doing it. They're, they're making a name for themselves and stuff. And they're taking it to the next level. I was so pumped for them. And then, yeah, it just makes it all the sadder when, yeah, they hit the 80s and it's like a wall and then they just all start to fall. Yeah, I agree with you there, TV. I I did root for them uh, throughout the movie. And that's been kind of a theme for all of Paul's movies as well, I've noticed, is they have a very kind of aloof or strange, weird main character and side characters, but you always like root for them. You want them to succeed in what they're doing. I think that's a testament to his storytelling, the way he writes his characters and their character arcs, or if they even have an arc, because I think it's, you can argue they don't in this one. They they kind of stayed the same um, at the end as they are like at the beginning. I'd say Dirk kind of has a character arc. Yeah, he is a bit of one. Roller Girl, I think, does too. Yeah, she does. Don Cheadle has a bit of one too. Maybe they come out of it a little bit wiser than they were before. Maybe they've they've learned to like accept what they got rather than, you know, he go he all goes to his head. There's a, I mean, it's like the they go they're they're like you know going up 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 and then they go down and then they come back. I, I guess there's kind of an arc there if that counts. You know, they they fall and then they rise back up. Maybe learning a little bit of something along the way. Dirk is the prodigal son returning home. Yeah. Like maybe it's not the best life all the time, you know, maybe not the most ethical or healthy, but not a bad life, I guess, compared to the alternative. <laughs> That's why they got to stick together. Yeah. yeah. I did like Dirk quite a bit throughout this movie. Um, his like path throughout life felt very kind of real to how this would go down. And Mark Wahlberg played him very well. Because just seeing him as, like you were saying, he's kind of a nice kid at the the start to once he starts getting a hot head, getting into drugs and stuff like that, he kind of goes off the rails. And then seeing him see how he messed up and then eventually coming back to it, realizing he needs help from his family and other people. That was very interesting and super well done. I find it interesting, too, that Amber Waves is the one who got him uh hooked on coke too so it's like they're dysfunctional family and they bring their own downfalls upon each other too (laughs) that whole relationship was really interesting i thought her like because it's like it's so weird because you know like we said because it's weird because it's set with the porn stuff but like she's kind of like a mother figure to dirk but they also have sex and stuff so that's what makes it weird (laughs) yeah (laughs) but um it's just, it's weird. I like the, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic and I like it. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, she's not a, you can kind of see she's like, it's her, like, uh, oh, what's the word? Her, like her alternate son. She's not a real son, but it's the one she just like, yeah, you're my new son now or something. And then that, I found that whole dynamic really interesting. Cause yeah, and it, it, it's kind of heartbreaking. Cause as soon as she like got him to do the Coke, I was like, oh no, like that's where everything is going to change. And it, it was so sad because they were like bonding and connecting, but then yeah, Amber kind of ruins it in a way, and it's it's just because you know they they've got their issues, and she passes it on to Dirk, and then it's yeah, it's game over for a long time. I kind of felt like it was her job to sort of keep him around and keep him happy, and I kind of felt like getting him hooked on coke was part of that. And then she, you know, developed that motherly maternal feeling for him, like as she was, you know, trying to keep him happy and meet his <clears throat> needs <laughs> you think he she hooked him on purpose or like like that was like her goal was he can't leave if i hook him or or was she told to do that yeah I, I feel like jack didn't want him to leave and go do you know video video porn you know jack wants him to stay even though their flavor of pornography is slowly dying off which i think that's kind of been a tactic i don't know you hear about getting your your clientele your your actors hooked on stuff so that, you know, they got to go to you 
I don't know if Jack would because that was the same night they like discovered the whole like switch to video, right? Like, right. Well, like I mean, I don't know. Like, I think they knew the decline was coming. I guess I, I don't know. I feel like she wanted him to stay around. I, you know, Jack is likable, but he's still getting minors to come and do adult films. Oh, that's true. I do forget that Dirk's only 17 when he meets him. <laughs> I think there's like a skis. I'm pretty sure Roller Girl is also 17 or 16 at the beginning. Oh, yeah. She was in high school when we saw her. Yeah, that's true. Like it goes back to rooting for people who aren't necessarily uh, conventionally moral. <laughs> well, it's interesting because like, yeah, he's they're both. Well, we don't see Roller Girl's family life, but Dirk's family life isn't very good. And his mom treats him like crap and his dad doesn't stand up for him or do anything. But then Jack is actually treating him like a man, you know, not not just like a porn man, but, you know, treating him like a he's his own person. It's good for Dirk in his mind, even though, you know, he's he's underage still, which is not good at all. But it it's yeah, it's part of that weird dysfunctional thing where they're they're trying to do good or well where they do good things but in bad ways <laughs> yeah i i like what you were saying there fox because i can kind of see it in a subplot they do stick in where jack is trying to get that new guy to join in i forget his name but that also brings in more you know consternation to their relationships because Julianne Moore's character um Amber is like kind of doing the same thing that she did to Dirk with the new guy at the pool and Dirk gets pissed after he does like two lines of coke yeah yeah <laughs> and that's when he blows up so i didn't pick up on that but i can definitely see it there they make it feel genuine but it's also a little kind of sinister kind of I don't know if he wanted to get him hooked on drugs, per se, though, um, just because when he does get hooked on drugs, he cannot perform sexually, right? And that's a problem. And then when he they blow up at each other, um, Jack makes that comment that Dirk looks like crap or whatever, and that's not good or anything. So I I, I don't think he necessarily wanted to get him hooked on drugs. I think that was Amber wanted to relate more or have Dirk relate with her more. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, at the beginning, Jack is like, you know, telling people, oh, yeah, treat him nice. You know, he got he's got the uh, Reed, John C. Riley's character, like hanging out with him all day and they're being buddies and stuff. He's like he is. He wants to keep him around. I think you're right about that, Fox. I just see. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like he got that new guy in because he saw what was happening to Dirk. And he's like, well, this is going to end bad pretty soon, I think. And we need to get a new, new, the new hot guy in because Dirk ain't going to be around forever. That's true. I mean, I guess there is kind of a shelf life for, for working in that industry. There was something else I wanted to bring up with the story. Um, and there's one scene that I thought was super well done, like top notch. And that's when Dirk and John C. Riley's character have hit like rock bottom and they go to that dude's house, um, Alfred Molina's, to uh, with that crazy guy. I can't remember that character's name, but he like loses it there and they're scamming him with drugs. But that whole scene was super well done. It was intense throughout it. I was like on the edge of my seat. I could not look away. And that just like the way it was shot the way like the character interactions the guy in the back constantly throwing fireworks <laughs> yes that's so <laughs> that weird. was awesome <laughs> it just everything about it was so good and it kind of came out of nowhere it was very different from the rest of the movie that was probably my favorite scene too it, it kind of you had this feel more like just like your class i don't know it almost felt like tarantino-y or something oh, was, that's what i was gonna say very pulp fiction but i loved it yeah i thought it was great it was just super intense the music was awesome when that one song kicks in when the guy burst out with the shotgun oh uh the 99 luft balloons like baseline with the synth <laughs> yeah. that was like so good i rewound it so i could listen to that again because that was just so awesome yeah it was well done and i loved it i mean it's pretty much the um like no turning back point for dirk's character as well he's like after he hits that he's like yeah i'm never doing that stuff again and he changes his life kind of back to where it was at the the start of it so it, it was very well earned. Dirk does something weird in that scene that 
um, you reminded me when we were talking about it. Uh, he's like, so they're like listening to that guy's mixtape or whatever. And uh, I think the the weird, crazy guy's name is Todd is obviously starting to go nuts. Um, but then like Dirk kind of like stares out into space when that, uh, was it Jesse's girl pops on? And he's just like staring and like he gets a really weird look in his eye. And we like just like see his face for a while. What do you guys think he was doing in that? Was he like losing his mind? Was the song reminding him of something? Like, I think he's realizing that he screwed up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I felt like they were all kind of in cocaine withdrawal. And he was like, oh my God, losing my mind. Gotta get a fixer. I gotta get out. Yeah, it was really his moment of realization, I think, where he's like, man, my life has hit this point. What did I do? I was like the king I got a better one. I think like it, the his lowest low was when he had to resort to to jerking it for money like he did at the start of the movie. And then they they played that out with Jack being old fashioned and beating up the younger generation guy who doesn't like his movies or whatever since he's been struggling with the which that's another aspect talking about the film industry and transitioning from one medium to a new one too that's another layer in this but i i think that is his lowest point mhm it was very dark that moment was like it was so sad and the music was scary like when the it was like there's like bells chiming and stuff it was like what am i watching <laughs> this is like it's such a yeah it's really sad and it's also just like it is like there's like dread building because of the yeah, that creepy music in the background. But it leads in really good to that scene you're talking about, too, because he's gone through all that. And then he's like, OK, after that, he's like, this is it's it, I got to stop now. This is too much. <laughs> yeah, it was very well done. Both of those where I kind of forgot. Yeah, that one is is very rough to watch when the guys come up and start beating Dirk up. I didn't see the whole carload of guys coming. I did think the guy in the truck was going to beat him up towards the end and take his money. But man, whole squad rolling in. So this is like the the weirdest trap I've ever seen. It's like, okay, this guy, you know, it's kind of like the classic, like, oh, you're so, um, you know, scared of gay people that you maybe you secretly are. But I was like, this guy's really like watching this guy go at it for a long time for it to be just a trap you know it's that thing you know yeah you gotta play it off so no one thinks you are really gotta let them know i thought that was pretty interesting that it was like a just like because yeah if it would just been that one guy you know it's like okay yeah he just has some weird feelings but yeah it's like a squad of dudes pulls up like they've been waiting for him and stuff sign of the times they didn't really like touch on the racism angle either too much which was interesting. I figured they'd throw that in when Don Cheadle was going for his loan. But they didn't really they didn't really touch on that any. I really thought they were going to in that shootout at the end where he was, you know, the last like surviving person. I thought the cops were gonna roll up and be like, It's a black guy in the seventies. Get him. Which I was so glad they didn't, because I was really rooting for him more than anyone. I loved Buck. Yeah, he was my favorite. Buck was so good. Yeah. I wanted to bring that up also. Like, what a interesting and crazy way for that to come about. Like, I would have never thought of that. But when it happened, and he was, like, looking at the money covered in all the blood, I was like, oh, he's going to take that. and He's going to get out of there. And he does. Was he justified in taking that money? I was kind of sad he did. I felt like he was also compromising himself to do that, which everybody like. I think that was like like it intercut with all those other scenes of yeah, the people having to do things they probably shouldn't have to do, you know. And, and it's the same with him. I was so scared he was gonna get shot there. I was like, no. <laughs> I was afraid for his wife out in the car. I thought he was gonna come back and she was gonna have like a stray round in her or something. Oh God, yeah. I like those two's relationship a whole lot too. It felt very like, yeah, just like it uh, is cute. adorable. It was very cute. Yeah. I was just worried that, yeah, because I think I mean, it's like, there's like a really cute scene right before he goes into that shop. And I was just like, no, 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 <laughs> don't kill him off. He's got so much to live for. Don't do this. I do think the later half of this movie does fall off for me, specifically when he gets in on Coke and gets the big head and they split up. 
it really like it's hard to describe kind of like i'm not 100 percent sure why it falls off it just loses that magic of the first half when they're like working together to get their business running and um are on the up and up which is the point you know but I was really, I was really digging all that stuff in the first half, and then when they they take it away, it's kind of like I wasn't as invested anymore. The tone shifts, yeah, for sure. It's like it, it's like a little darker, yeah, after that, a little grittier almost. I don't, maybe that's like part of like the the decade change too. That's true. Although I, I, I don't, know. I'm, I'm with you, Dan. Though I felt like the family dynamic was greater than like the sum of the individuals. That's a great way to put it. Them not being all together, really, that's really what makes it shine, I think, is the whole ensemble. And so when they're all off on their own, it, it, it doesn't shine as brightly, I don't think, at least at least for me. And I know that's part of the point of it, but, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. That's, it's, it's weird. <laughs> I think it just makes it all the more tragic for me, though. And I, that's what I kind of like about it. It's just so sad when they're, and then that's what makes it even happier when they're finally all together again at the end. I, I, it does, yeah. It's interesting because it, yeah, th- I would agree. Yeah, it definitely takes like a shift. There is something that's like missing, but I, I kind of like that. I guess it's just, yeah, different for people. It is really the point of what they're going for in the story he's wanting to tell, and I think it's necessary um, for all of that and their their character development throughout. But I agree, it does very um, have a very sharp tone change, right when they hit the like eighties, and what a scene from when they do that. That was such a downer and sad scene as well. What's that actor's name who his wife was always cheating on him? Oh God! And yeah. he just finally has enough because that's when it switched for me. Yeah, William H Macy. Yeah, he did such a great job too. Yeah, that was a real downer, especially since they're, you know, poking fun at it through the rest of the film, too. They make it act like it's such not a big deal, but yeah, then you realize, oh, this was this very, this, he took this pretty seriously. Dang, yeah, it really hit him. He'd had enough, and it felt like something real that would happen, which is what most of this movie felt like to me. Very sad. So yeah, it it does have that very hype man vibe to it but it also tackles some very difficult stuff and themes like like all of his movies have paul's movies have done this i feel like i'm just yeah i i can't i'm not quite sure why i wasn't as engaged with it in the last half besides them not being all together you know because like yeah i agree with everything it was it's necessary and it's great for the the characters and how they end up at the end too. I was, I don't know. Maybe if they like softened that transition some. I I will say this might just be me, but honestly, I think I could have gone for like thirty more minutes. Like, there's just so many characters, and we cover a lot of ground in that sad section, and it is not the bulk of the movie, despite being long. I just feel like we jump so much, and I just I don't know. I feel less invested as them, like. I don't know. We, we we show up at the important moments and we, we miss the buildup, how they got to the important moments. I guess I, I, mean, I feel like something's missing and I think that would have brought it around for me. I think for me too, part of it is seeing the downfall and knowing that it's going to occur, right? Because as soon as he gets introduced to Coke, I'm like, oh, okay, I know exactly where this is going. For the rest of it, I didn't know where it was going. And for something like There Will Be Blood, where it continuously just goes downhill, you know, I don't know what's going to happen next. But for Boogie Nights, as soon as that gets introduced, I know exactly what's going to happen. And I think that, too, takes away from that that second act, I guess, for me some. Because it, it, it's not like they don't really surprise you after that. At least not for me. It's like, yeah, he's going to get on coke. He's going to fall out with everybody. And then he's going to hit the low point. So has anybody got anything more about the story? We want to talk about the visuals and audio for a little bit. I def want to talk about it. My visual moment, boys, was during the the first sex scene. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was the shot of the inside of the camera, the like film when it ran out. 
it was just spinning. I really liked that for some reason, but it did happen during the first sex scene as well. That was good. It looked so cool. So I was like, I'm going to get them. But visual feast yet again um, from Paul looks so good. Too many visual moments to list. So many takes that, yeah, they're super long, going like across rooms and stuff between people, conversations, different characters. It's really, really impressive. That opening long take is just so good. Yeah, we go, we go through like the whole club. Like we start outside and go all the way inside and yeah, walk throughout the whole club. It's crazy. I think that was my standout for this one. So the music's perfect and it, it has the title on like the the neon sign and then it swoops down and into it and you get to see all the characters. I think something I found very interesting too, and you touched on this a little bit earlier, Fox, was how like his style was so strong right at the start and he's just kept to it and I think even made it better a little bit. But it was like, you could tell, at least I could tell, I was watching a Paul uh, Thomas Anderson movie like from the very start with this one, just the way he transports you to the time period and the setting with his, with the camera, the audio, the setting, all that stuff. Yeah, and I love all the, yeah, like we said, those like funky tracks the music in it's awesome and then when they do use like original music like that bell song when it's everything's dark was actually like really ominous and scary fit it perfectly and it was like kind of different than what you'd expect it to be i feel like even it's cool it's very interesting i think i said for inherent vice um that that was his least eclectic bit of music but i think this one might be the least eclectic it all fits really well i've I'm not a huge fan of licensed music throughout the whole movie, you know, but it really works well in this one. It does. I've been listening to the soundtrack on repeat. It's the whole, like, well, I, I want to say Guardians of the Galaxy effect, just because that's the most recent one that actually pulled it off really well. Although I would argue it still works better in that, since it's integrated into the story more, but or it's a key key point of the story in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? But here it's just so reminiscent of the time and all the all the picks are like the the big hits, you know. It's not like a bunch of underground stuff in some of his other ones. With period pieces, yeah, I feel like that's a thing that they do a lot. They always play songs from like the time period and try to touch on that and I mean, I I like licensed music in movies. I don't mind. It. I mean, I'm trying to think of any time I thought it was like annoying to me. And I feel like maybe this that Suicide Squad movie, like the first one. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that was a terrible way to do it. Yeah, that was the, that's that was bad. But in general, I think like it, if it works, it works, you know, like you don't need to. I don't think it's like lazy or anything. If you find the right song, it hits the vibe you want. then I think that's fine. You know, it, it gets the job done just as well. I do think it's better when it's like this and it's something that could like reasonably be, be like being played or heard in the background, I guess for me. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, because I think Stranger Things tries to do that, too, with the licensed music since it's in the 80s. But it doesn't hit the same in that because it's like, you know, they wouldn't be listening to that at that moment. Whereas here in Boogie Nights, it's like, yeah, they're partying it up at Jack's house. They would definitely be listening to this music then, you know? Yeah, that and um, they had quite a few of the montage scenes in this to the music and the tracks. Mm. And they had that whole like disco dance scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the Saturday Night Fever scene. That was great. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect and it looked so good. And there was a bunch of montage scenes or like transitions to where characters would be talking, the tracks like blaring in the background and it's covering a decent bit of story very quickly, showing what they were doing. And it was it was perfect. I, I loved it. Well, have we done it? Have we um, boogied our way through this review? We got overall presentation. I think I'm ready. I could probably do it. All right, we got a scale we used to rate these movies that goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. We're all going to give a little spiel and then land out our ratings. So who knows what we're going to land. I feel like I've got a pretty good feeling, but we'll see. We'll just have to see. Um, 
But you know, this movie reminded me of you know. There's always been like there's like this like the the this mystique of Dirk Diggler. It's like this he's the guy. You know, you want him. You want him to be in your project. You want this guy. He's in the he storms the gates first at all times. Um, and I was thinking, I was like, who's? I feel like I know somebody just like that. Somebody who always loves to go first. He storms. He's the guy to go to. He's the man, the man himself. And it's it's not Dirk Diggler. It's Mad Mike. Mad Mike, yeah. I wonder who that is. <laughs> Sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> just Mike. Yeah, or AKA Mike. <laughs> Mega <Yeah>. Mike. <laughs> Mega Mike. I like it. Yeah, I'll go first about this one. Um, you know, this is a movie that I feel like shouldn't work based on what it covers, but oh my God, does it work and it works well. The story and characters are amazing. They're all super interesting, well fleshed out. There's so many layers, like always. The visuals are top notch. That soundtrack, it had me grooving like all the next two days after I watched this. I'm still grooving to some of these soundtracks and songs in here and just the vibe of this movie. This is definitely a buy it from Mike. I'm going to categorize it as groovy. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Does that need to be a new category we need to add? Groovy. (laughs) Yeah, groovy. Oh, I definitely agree with a lot of lot of what Mad Mike said about this one. You know, yeah, you probably guessed that I liked this one quite a bit. It is. I mean, it just drips the 70s and a bit of the early 80s, you know, all over the place. It's got great visuals, great soundtrack, ensemble cast, and Burt Reynolds. Hmm. Wow, there wasn't a lot of oohs and ahs and applause, but that's okay. <laughs> Woo! You know, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, Bert, 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 Bert. Bert. I'll edit those in later. I think it's yeah, just worth you know, not worth, (laughs) just worth it to watch for Bert Reynolds. I mean, I don't know if you love him. We did have some minor criticisms, Dan and I, and you know, I think that might put it a little lower on my scale for these Paul Thomas Anderson ones. I, it's definitely that hangout feel again, but I, I think it just kind of loses its hold on me in the latter half of the movie i'm gonna give it a watch because it's easily worth a watch it's awesome it's great it's an experience although i'm not sure if i'll be coming back to this one as i might some of his others so uh yeah definitely watch it at least once nice yeah i this is an interesting movie because yeah the, the plot it's about porn it's a hard sell for i feel like a lot of people probably but surprisingly it's really good uh it, the characters are all great uh the dynamic it's kind of a, it's a lot of fun it's funny it gets pretty dark sometimes but i think the payoff it gets it's just it makes me want to root for these characters i don't want to see them fail this kind of stuff blah 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 it's all great i really like it the you know it's everything that paul thomas anderson movies are known for great acting great uh visuals yeah that's the word <laughs> um you know all that stuff is great in this as well all the technical stuff um, I'm going to give it a bite. I think it's really, really good. Probably my second favorite, if not my first favorite of his that I've seen so far. So I, I've just been impressed by all of these movies, really. I think I really shouldn't have been sleeping on this director for so long. No ice. This has been a fun um, director study that we've done here. And we did end it with his two strongest ones, I'd say, for sure. Um, so this one was real good. I'd heard a lot about it um, before I'd gone into it. I actually, at our local theater, when we had, they were doing a re-showing, or a re-showing, they were doing a showing of it, and they were advertising it um, when my wife and I went there to see Mandy. So that was the first time I'd seen anything about it, because um, they had a trailer. And I was like, oh man, I gotta watch this sometime. This looks good. Then I kept hearing stuff about it until I finally got around to watching it now. Man, it was good. It was well worth the watch. I like There Will Be Blood better. I think that's the culmination of like his style and everything he's done. Um, but man, this is a very strong second film and a very, very good like runner up to There Will Be Blood, I'd say. Um, completely different, different time period, a different type of story, but still has the same elements that he's known for. 
technical and story wise. So it's really cool watching him be able to do things that are pretty different, but pull them off really well. Mike Fox, that second half doesn't grab me as much as the first half does of this movie. Um, and we talked about why that is. Um, but you know, I really did dig this and especially like that first part of the film. I really liked it and I really liked parts in the second half, even if it wasn't as engaging as the first one for me. It didn't grab me as much, but you know, it wasn't enough to knock it down any from the buy it category. I think this, if you're a fan of Paul Thomas Anderson, you should probably own this one <laughs> and give it a shot if you're not. Yeah, I think you'll be surprised by how it handles the subject matter even. It's, it's pretty good. Who do? Yeah, that, that is my biggest surprise was like re realizing what the plot is about and then realizing how much I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they really you nailed it. But for next week, I, I think we've all decided what we're going to we're going to do. And I am so pumped for this. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a big discussion. There's a certain movie that, well, you know, these come out way late in advance. It's been out for a while by this point, but for us, it just recently hit HBO Max. Oh, man, and it's a movie I've been hankering to rewatch ever since I saw it in theaters. Oh, you haven't watched it again yet? Nope, I've been waiting because I wanted to... Oh, really? You surprised me, TV. I know, I've been waiting. I wanted it to be... Uh, I just want it to be another, I don't know. I just wanted to save it. I'm saving it for you guys, I guess. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm pumped. We're going to talk about The Batman, the newest Batman movie. I've got some strong opinions on that movie. Mm, yes. Yeah. As do I. Yeah. Some dark feelings. <laughs> yes. Hmm. I'm going to come in with my hair over my eyes. You know, I'm going to be listening to my to some nirvana in my headphones oh yeah i'm ready for this review i'm pumped i gotta block off like a an afternoon to watch this thing <laughs> it's like three hours man <laughs> you do it's long but in the meantime if any of you listeners out there want to get in contact with us you can find us on facebook or twitter at run the real or you can email us at run the real podcast at gmail.com now that we're done with our paul thomas anderson movies uh you should let us know what your favorite is is it one that we haven't even covered? Is there one we missed that we shouldn't have missed? I want to hear all this stuff. I wouldn't mind dipping my toe back into some of his movies someday. That'd be fun. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah, for sure. I think I will probably watch a few more of his movies as well. So, like, send in those recommendations. And if you got a director you want us to cover, let us know. We might, uh... This was fun. I'd be down to do another director soon. Yeah, sounds good to me. Anyways, well, thanks for listening to us tonight. We really appreciate it. And thanks for sticking around through this whole category. It's been fun. This is Run The Real, signing off. I guess kind of like little nods to like stuff that's been going on, like Dirk has a big old dent in the front of his car or something. That's not what I thought you were going to say. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, we know he's got that, but we don't know about the dent in the car. <laughs>